What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Near Falls with D. Hall. He's talking on bars and how they win it all. Yeah, it's Near Falls with D. Hall. The final takedown, the glory or the fall. So loosen up. Step on in, wrestle with the need to win. We're talking near falls with D Hall. Ready or not, he's here to brawl. What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D Hall, a wrestling podcast. Joining me tonight on this special edition, Mr. Ty Lydic from sunny California via Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Uh, so much to get into, so much to talk about. So excited to have another Whippy old boy on the podcast. Ty, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing terrific. I appreciate the opportunity to chat. Uh, keep up with everybody back home, too. Hell yeah, man. Uh, obviously, you're a Latrobe boy through and through, um, and that's like my bread and butter here on the podcast. I uh, am obsessive over Whippy wrestling. Um Talk about, uh, just right off the top, what it was like growing up in the Latrobe area. Obviously, it's a really rich uh, wrestling history. Yeah. uh, First of all, I got involved with the sport in 99, 2000, and I came into a uh, pretty rich culture. There was already, um, you know, some some highlight wrestlers. Ryan Goodman, who was a PIAA state champion. Uh, A few years above me was Nathan Panese and Joe Walters, who ended up uh, state uh, runner-ups their senior year. I had an older brother and a lot of older friends that kind of built this culture. Um, and then our, our youth program really took off. And then a lot of us started doing club wrestling. We started with uh, wallers or pit bulls. And a lot of us were traveling around and it just kind of built a culture that continued to lead on to the next group. So who are some of those guys that you grew up with in the, uh, in the Latro program? Because by the time you guys got to high school, man, you had a squad. Yeah, yeah, I would like to say we were one of the best uh, homegrown teams for sure. My junior year, we took second uh, in the Whippeal Championship. You know, there was there was some tough matches we we didn't win there. Um, but I grew up with guys like I said, Panese, Joey Walters, Ryan Walters were older than me. Um, one of my close friends, Chase Small, was a year older. He he really helped culture me to the sport from youth on. Uh, I had an older brother, Carrie, who's awesome mentor too. You know, getting beat up by an older brother gives the little guy some experience. Yeah. Uh, and then the Noah Kale from Latrobe, he moved here from Bethel um, in junior high. He was a really key element um, partner to my my training. Bigger guy, older guy. Um, and then below me, I had partners like Zavatsky, who was a few years younger, but he was always big. So from maybe the time Zach and Dom Scalise were nine, ten years old, they were able to roll with us junior high guys. So it, it, it started to build to that. And then you had Luke Pletcher, who's, you know, four years behind me. So at that point, he's still in young youth wrestling, but already winning Tulsa and all those big tournaments, wherever he was going, he was winning. It was something special, man. I used yep. to like, he used to just like, like watching him wrestle, it would be like two fire hydrants for legs and just move <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, yes. You know, I, I used to think I was pretty uh, compact, uh, you know, short, stocky guy, but Luke is he's the definition of it. A lot of muscle. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it, man. Yeah. Uh, 
So one of those guys that you brought up uh, along that way, um, and obviously he wrestled with you at Pitt, uh, Chance Small. Obviously, uh, he we lost him way too soon uh, whenever you guys were at Pitt. Talk about him. Talk about him as a teammate um, before we dive back into your wrestling career. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, Chase, one of my best friends. Uh, I contribute a lot of my current wrestling to him as well. Uh, we started youth wrestling, and when I got into the program, he was the big name. You know, he was a kid going to the area tournament, qualifying for states when he was 8 and 10U, and kind of a legend at that point. And uh, before I was able to really compete in the state tournament, him and Nate Panese were there, and my brother was there, and I'm cheering everybody on, and they made it to the state finals. And there was the big Johnstown parade and balloon drop, and from that moment on, I was kind of hooked. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, going nuts for them when they were wrestling. I've always been a hype man. So I think it really started at that point, you know, trying to get my uh, friends to rally. And then uh, all through youth and clubs, um, we were partners at Pitbulls, different clubs at, at uh, you know, camps and stuff. We were roommates, really close friend. And then he was a year older. So he ended up going to Pitt, which worked out pretty cool. I was recruited pretty uh, heavily by them. I was a PWC guy. So worked out with Coker in the club and Tyler Nauman was at Pitt and wrestled for him on some teams. So I ended up there with Chase. And uh, our, our freshman, sophomore classes, we had some injuries. We had some guys retire, just a lot of life. And unfortunately, a lot of guys transferred, and we weren't as close. Um, my sophomore year, he kind of, like, lived with us in one of our wrestling houses. And uh, then I transferred to Seton Hill. We went to Slippery Rock for a little bit. We were catching up a little bit uh, in 2019. I went and uh, wrestled in the Canada Cup. And um, I took second there and he was one of the first people to kind of like congratulate me and kind of let me know like, hey, you're, you're on your, plat your path, your plan's kind of working, like stay with it. And uh, I was like, yeah, man, I get home next week. Like, let's grab some food, go to Dino's, our hometown favorite spot. Dino's is a spot. We got to talk about that after this because, you know, I was, I'm boys yeah. in Chaw. That dude's always there, man. Always. Yeah, that's if you're from Latrobe, Greensburg area, you've had to have had Dino's. Uh, I will say that's probably where I spent a lot of my quality time with Chase, too. Our friends would always go out to eat um, post-match, post-tournament, you know, post-weight certs. We'd go there and have some good times. Um, so he, he passed away unexpectedly in 2019. It was it was a little bit of a, a sickness that we weren't sure what was going on, and it was kind of uh, sudden. It was it really took a, took a toll on me and my brother. Um, he was a really close friend of ours. And kind of puts perspective again that anytime, like even if you're healthy, um, his brother and I had a good conversation about it too. We were, you know, very upset and discussing it. And he's like, look, man, we can't be sad. He was kind of at his pinnacle. He was healthy. He was strong. He was at like his, his biggest best form and then just passed. So he went peacefully and, you know, a good friend that I always uh, keep with me. So yeah, no, no doubt about it. Great dude indeed. Um, and, uh, yeah, you could tell that uh, he definitely had. It. I remember watching him at Cannon Mac. He was always a little dude, but man, he was yes. tough, scrappy as hell. No yeah. doubt. Anybody you ever uh, talk to about him, they'll they'll talk about his tough little evil evil patch in him. You know, he would yeah, go for the hard mat bro. return. He'd go for the hard double. So. Yeah, you gotta love that in a kid for sure, man. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah. Jumping back into your career, you obviously you had a great career with Joe, man. 144 and 30, you were, you know, one of the hammers from the Greensburg, Latrobe, you know, the Hempfield, that the, the Westmoreland County area 
what was it like wrestling there in high school? Because I was on this side of the of the side of Pittsburgh. It was tough over here, but I remember, you know, uh, Nico Megalutis and Jimmy Golubon wrestling and, and just wildness on that side of the city. Talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing growing up. Um, I had a, a good wrestling family too. My parents took me around, let me uh, get socialized and watch things before I was there. So in junior high, I got to watch the high school counties. I watched these Latrobe guys I looked up to competing for championships and, you know, battling those tough matches. Uh, Ryan Goodman used to be the, the prime example of that I was starting junior high when he was uh, junior, senior in high school. So I got to really watch him become our first state champion. And I had high hopes of becoming number two. Unfortunately, that wasn't me, but you know, it's, it's what helped me uh, work through that process. Nico and Jimmy, guys you just referenced too, uh, trained with them pretty much my whole life too. Pitbulls, Young Guns, we were all in the same area. It's, it's just so rich of an area with athletes that care and parents that are doing whatever to support them. So looking back, it's, it's pretty cool to see where everybody's at now. Dude, I've had this conversation. Like I had a conversation with my brother and then I had it with Austin Shaw actually um, when we were at States not long ago. I think that Greensburg and like just the whole Pittsburgh area, the Whitfield in general, is the best wrestling area in the entire country. Absolutely, I've uh, I've seen a few heat maps um, broken down from NCAA place winners, All Americans, and champs. Uh, I would be really interested to see like a world one. Yeah. I mean, specifically the year Coleman and Herbert were both on the team, six weights, two guys from the Whitfield. So. Yeah. Literally, yeah, that's wild, man. And, and those are those are the angry fish that I originally grew up watching. So right. I was young enough. So you were an angry fish guy. Okay, I, I, so. I wasn't. I wasn't in the angry fish club. But you knew but the, I, those guys, right? Yeah. So that was way too far for me to get to practice. But my first freestyle tournaments, my dad was, you know, telling me, "Hey, watch these guys. Look at look at some of these guys wrestling. Jake Herbert, Coleman Scott. And I, you know, I'm seven, eight years old. I didn't understand how incredible it was, um, but. That was that was now the first like, now you're big like, holy club. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I was I was catching up with Brad Pataki at Fargo and we were talking about it. We were looking through one of the shirts with uh former All Americans names on it and we were pointing out all the angry fish and PA boys and it was really cool. Very good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Uh so jumping back into your time at Latrobe, uh what was it like uh finishing your career there? Obviously you fell short a little bit of your goals, um, but you take fifth in the state. Uh, really, really tough, and you decide to go to Pitt. Obviously, you talked about you were a PWC guy. Uh, easy transition there. Uh, it was an it was an all right transition. Um, I think following my senior year, I didn't really get my goals, and I, I might have lost a little bit of belief in in myself and my journey, and and kind of had that spiraling moment. Well, what am I if I didn't win? I didn't get my goals. Could I ever have NCAA success? Things like that. Um, and I lost to Mitch Minotti two times at the state tournament my senior year. That was that was my state tournament. It was, I got two goes with Mitch, and I lost to him in the first round, and then I lost to him in the Conti semis. So yeah, I'm bummed out. Uh, obviously, he went on to have a really successful college career. He was in the NCAA semis the one year, like two years after we wrestled. So you know, at least I knew I didn't lose to a scrub. Right. A lot of respect for Mitch. We had some battles back in the day, too. Um, and then – you know, went in that transition period of what's next and going to college. And I had a lot of friends on the team, a lot of good guys that I've known and grown up in clubs with and stuff. So the transition with that was pretty well. But, you know, you go from being top of the food chain in a room to Donnie Tasser, double under foot sweeping near your back once a week or 
you know, <laughs> getting a takedown on somebody maybe you shouldn't have and getting punched in the face. And then you're like, oh, this is college wrestling. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's what everyone. So that's like one of my favorite questions to ask, like the first time, because I never reached that level of wrestling, but the first time you go in that college room and you kind of get punched in the mouth, it's a different experience. Yeah. Like a legitimate punch. I was, uh, I got a low double and had the guy on his butt and he just sat up punched me right in the face and I, I like scooped his legs up and made sure I got on top but then I stood up and was like oh man so I had to turn it up another notch there but a lot of fun a lot of good battles and part of the process I, as I'm coaching now I have to tell our young guys and our freshmen just take the beatings get better just keep trying and yeah. that's that's how it all works out no doubt uh so you spent some time at Pitt you have a year there and ultimately you decide to make your move and go over to Seton Hill go back home um, yeah. What went into that decision? Was it uh, just kind of get back to your roots? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I really wasn't doing things right. I, I wasn't where I needed to be or, or kind of developing into who I wanted to be uh, socially, academically, even athletically. Um, the end of my freshman year, I started with some good success. I took second at the Clarion Open, uh, won the Ashland Open, and then I had some weight management issues where I wasn't getting the starting knot at 41. So I was trying to pull myself to 49 and then there was opportunity to get to 41 and I had blown my descent plan. So I kind of screwed myself out of some opportunities there. And then uh, that summer or that spring, I had a knee surgery. And then that summer I tore my labrum rotator cuff and biceps tendon. How does so that I'd, happen? It was a little bit of a slap tear and a little bit of a freak accident at practice. Yeah. Um, is just kind of bad situation and everything kind of blew up. Um, so yeah, so that all happened around June of my freshman year. So then I go into my sophomore year after having surgery over the summer, I had surgery like five, six days later, maybe, um, awesome surgeon. She did my knee and my shoulder shout out to Robin West, UPMC. <laughs> she was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so she got me kind of fixed, but it took a long time. And during that time I, I struggled. I had a lot of, uh, personal life going on, um, kind of lost a little bit of the love for sport and training, a little bit of an identity crisis of kind of what mattered. Um, didn't want the sport to be the only thing that defined me, but also was trying to figure out who I was or what gave me, you know, day-to-day -day happiness. Um, and I started struggling academically, you know, I was doing all right, but I wasn't just as locked in as I could have been. And then around that time, uh, almost all of my freshman class ended up leaving Pitt. We had guys, two guys go to Clarion. Um, Gina Morelli ended up going to Penn State. Uh, Corey Bush went to UPJ. We had a few retire completely. My, my group was kind of all over the board. None of us were really um, accomplishing what we had got there to do. And I was one of the later ones to transfer. And I'd, I'd started thinking about it and thinking about it. And I knew my credits could transfer directly over to Pitt Johnstown and coach Pecora, legendary coach. I had friends there, but I thought, uh, you know, maybe I should come back to Greensburg and start fresh. My dad has a little uh, newsstand family business uh, right off the West Otterman street. So right by the courthouse. Yep. And then my mom's local, she's an RN. Um, so she works from home now. So I was like, okay, I can come home, have my family. But that all happened because Coach Tucker, Brian Tucker, reached out to me and gave me that opportunity. Kind of was like, hey, man, what's going on? So you're not on a roster. Would you want to wrestle? And uh, he, he put everything in motion for me. He really gave me an awesome opportunity, got me home, kind of just rebuilt everything from the uh, ground up. Very cool. Uh, 
talk about Coach Tucker. I had him on not too long ago. Very cool dude. Um, talk about your relationship with him, and obviously he gave you your second chance. Yeah, he really did. I, I had good uh, relationships with my coaches at Pitt. I, I, I was in that transition period of Stottlemyre right. um, retiring. I was right. really close with Coach Matt Coker. Him and I are still pretty close. Uh, I talked to him on the phone a few weeks ago. He's got a youth club. His son actually wrestles very one cool. Of guys the South Coast Wrestling Academy, man, dude, yes. that is so cool. Yes, they, I thought they were on like a bus recently. Like they were going yeah. to like summer camp. I'm like, dude, what a way to like make kids fall in love with the sport. Greatest thing ever. I, I'm calling it right now. When Calvin Coker, Matt's oldest son, when that group gets into the cadet area, that's when we're gonna start bringing it back to PA. We're gonna have oh. a little bit of a lull right now. Our uh, group moving into cadets uh isn't as as established as our past few years of cadets hmm. but this 10-year group we're, we're bringing up through the pipeline is gonna be awesome i'm so. I'm, dude, I'm excited about it i, I just i i see all the stuff he's got going on on instagram on this dude's I, he's got to go yep. on, sure uh, he does so so they were great coaches with me and and you know maybe i could have been a better athlete or more focused or disciplined yeah. um so growing pains and whatnot, I'm, I'm happy to still have that relationship with Coach Coker. I uh, really respect and appreciate what he's done for me. And then Coach Tucker, he's a great, genuine guy from day one. You know, he kind of gave me the opportunity, let me know what I could have as an opportunity there. Um, he always, you know, had his had his, had my best interest in his mind. Um, he did what he could to help me with school, with weight, with training, Um He's, he's like a, an older brother in a way as a coach, but one that it wasn't too close where, you know, I, I would slack off. I still had that respect for him. Like, hey, this guy gave me all these opportunities. He knows what's going on, what I need to do. So, Very cool. Yeah, so you get there, man. You start to uh, have success. You made it to the national tournament twice. Um, talk about kind of finding yourself again. Yeah, uh, so it was really cool. My first time uh, competing. So I missed my whole sophomore year with my shoulder. And then I missed the start of what would have been my third year in school at Pitt. Uh, I did five semesters there, uh, traditional semesters. I had one summer, uh, my freshman year. But I was I was on the couch. So first semester, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I, I took all my wrestling stuff to my parents. I was fully retired. I was trying to log out a flow. And I found myself just watching it and thinking, these guys are still wrestling. Why am I not wrestling? What else am I doing with my time? And um, so I was kind of I'm not a full couch potato, but I was fresh off the couch. And then Coach Tucker got me in and I competed twice before the semester academically started. So I thought that was really cool um, and started to build some momentum. My first NCAA tournament in D2s, I lost in the blood round. Uh, I was actually winning. I was up two takedowns and was going for a third and got like cradled. Gave up some back and just didn't didn't get the points back. Um, so that was a really tough one. You know, I was like, man, I did all this work to get back and to not have that come to fruition. And then the next year, my junior year, uh, I guess athletically, uh, same type of thing. I, I made it to the tournament. I lost in the first round. The guy who ended up taking third. My first year, uh, do you remember Frank Cagnina? Yeah. New Jersey guy. He went to Lehigh. Yeah. So he had transferred to D2 and mm. he kind of, he kind of, he didn't beat the brakes off of me, but I was not ready for his pace. Like he beat me by like seven or eight points maybe in the round of 16, but he just creamed me. So yeah. second year at D2, same type of thing happens. I get an escape in the second and, and blood round and shoot and got lat dropped off of it. So I'm down mm. four to one and didn't build back. I struggled with rallying, I think. So mm. anybody who's listening, keep rallying. 
I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my third year, I, I lost in the first round, and I folded. My first Conti match, emotionally, I was kind of out of it. I, I just wanted to win, and I think my wrestle back could have been a lot stronger. I didn't get open up enough, and just something I kind of have to deal with. But Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it's always tough, like, when you go through those tournaments and you kind of have those uh, lulls, but you didn't let it stop you, man. You're still out there grinding. You're out in California doing your thing. Um, but mm -hmm. before we get to California, man, we have so much to talk about here <laughs> on this side of the country. Uh, yeah. You got into coaching, right? You, you, you opened up your own uh, training center, Compound Latrobe, with your brother. Um, now, that's in correlation with the compound in Johnstown, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, actually, uh, for two years before I did that, I had the opportunity to do grad school at Seat Hill. Another thing that Coach Tucker had really hooked me up with by meeting the admissions department um, through my transfer process, I was then able to kind of have some face value with them, got the grad assistant position. So I spent two years in grad school as a volunteer assistant with Coach Tucker. So I started my unofficial career in 2017. So I got to do the tournaments with them, the NCAAs, all that fun. Yeah. Um, but it was more of just a practice coach. Then 2019, when I finished grad school, the compound Latrobe was already in business, um, but okay. the, the owners were looking to sell it or just sell the equipment. And they uh, talked to my brother and I, and we had been working with Latrobe athletes. I kind of still was like, man, maybe, maybe there's still some freestyle left or whatever. And so, and obviously everybody knows the Bassets. I'm a big Bassett fan ever since, you know, my mom sent me a picture of them when they were like in the newspaper doing jujitsu. And she's like, look at these little kids. I'm like, they're going to be the best. Mm, and yep. their dad, Bill, is a great guy. He explained the, the, the process to us and got us on board. And uh, we're now in year four of the compound, four and a half. Very cool. Um, so you bring up Bill Bassett. You bring up the Bassett family. Um, obviously, the sanctions that weighed down on them recently and the mess that is all involved in all that. Uh Give me your take on that. Obviously, you're closer closer to them, so I'm sure it's going to be a certain way, but I want to see it from uh, all different directions, man. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think the worst part is you're, you're taking opportunity away from kids that, that value the sport, that are trying to grow it and, and can be successful. It's also taking opportunities for academic opportunities. You know, you get these kids that might not be the Bassett, but they're on McCourt's team. They could get a look from a any sort of school and get an opportunity to continue their education. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that it's not, you know, justified it, to go back to my Whitfield championship. We lost, right. right. There's three yeah. guys on that Cannon McMillan team that weren't from Cannon McMillan that weren't Cannon McMillan youth wrestlers. Then you look at my whole team and we were all Latrobe orange and black for life. You go back to our youth dole team that, you know, my parents and coach Panese helped put together it was Latrobe. So yep. those guys didn't get sanctioned. Um, it's unfortunate. I also think McCourt's doing a lot to, to improve women's wrestling. They're trying. They're they're going to be a frontier pioneer for it, front runner. So it's it's unfortunate. It doesn't make any sense, man. It's, that's the whole thing. It's the gray. You can't have gray. You got to be black or white. And, uh, you know, it's just no good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, you talk we talking about that the crew though. I mean, the the crew that's that's in Young Guns right now and, and that's coming through. 
something else, man. This, yeah, but Young right. Guns, Jody and John have done an amazing right. thing. Uh, I was thankful to get trained from them for years. And uh, one of the little guys I coach is real heavy in their, their program right now. So I get to visit them over the summer for some camps, helped out with Young Guns at NHSCA duels and yeah. circling back to all those roots too. So when did you decide, I'm going to go Greco? <laughs> so it was like a week before the 2021 Open, maybe maybe like three weeks. Mm. I'd been thinking about it. Um, I'd lost my RTC eligibility, and I was looking to get that back so it would help me training rather than you know unofficial RTC workouts where I'm couch surfing with friends that, that are training places and getting opportunities there. And I noticed that the bracket size wasn't – um, huge you know it was maybe 16 18 in that first one i was like all right i'm gonna get in there i'm gonna compete i'm gonna see how it goes and then i'll try to wrestle 65 for freestyle the next day or two days later and i won actually won my first match it's pretty bad greco it is on the internet um and i encourage people not to watch it maybe <laughs> but if they do what they, what they gotta take is everything starts somewhere right, right. i had some greco experience in junior high high school uh some body comfort and control, but there's so much to learn and so much that you don't jump in just knowing doesn't translate. Uh, but I was able to win two matches there and take eighth place. Um, so that kind of opened the door and I was like, man, maybe I go back to freestyle. But then I started to watch more of these Greco guys and get inspired a little bit. Like, man, they can be superstars here. They can go for these big moves and the danger they have to get through is rough, but it's different than leg attacks. It's a little bit different with all of them. So, but pr prior to that, I will shout out uh, the wrestling nomad because he kind of gave me some inception, planted the seed in my mind. Um, after the U.S. Open in 2020, Evan Henderson had made it to the finals, um, really good friends with Hendo. And we went out to grab some tacos after his match and just like, you know, hype him up. Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> so it. we're at, <laughs> yeah. So we're at Fuzzy Tacos. If you're ever in Coralville, Iowa, that's the spot. Okay. And uh, right next to Extreme Arena. So we were, we were chatting and my brother was asking Nomad some questions too and what he thought about Greco. And I didn't really recall it happening like this, but I thought Nomad was saying that guys that aren't high on the ladder in freestyle should transition to Greco and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu earlier. It's like there's more opportunity, more of a ladder. So I, I wake up the next day and that's what I'm taking it as. Like Nomad said, like, consider going Greco. A few weeks later, whatever, I find out from my brother that Nomad was really saying, like, Greco's dying and might get phased out of the Olympics and <laughs> this and that. So I'm like, oh, man, I just made this <laughs> this this decision almost that I'm going to try it at some point. And so I, I still credit Nomad for that because he talked about it. And it kind of made me think, like, hey, I still like to compete, to go through the, the training of it, um, to learn more because ultimately I want to give it back and get people further than I was able to go and get opportunities to travel and help them reach their goals. So that's when after, uh, after the first uh, placement at the, the U.S. Open, I was like, okay, now let's maybe get a little bit more serious about this. Let's start finding places to go and made a few trips to Cornell and Ithaca, Spartan RTC, had a friend staying up there, um, and then a few other places. So, so obviously you, you're in California now. When did that happen? So, yeah, that's everything. Uh, everything really picked up in March. So last season I spent um, at a junior college coaching in Deep Creek, Maryland. So I've been these past few years, I've been kind of all over the board. Um, but Deep Creek, Maryland's about an hour and a half from Greensburg and Latrobe. 
Mm-hmm. So I would drive down and spend half of a week there coaching the back half. And I was doing some uh, resident director, resident coordinator um, duties as well. So like I had a little apartment there and was coaching some local guys that I had known. And when their season wrapped up in March, I was like, man, I, I need to give myself more opportunity to train. I need more partners. And I was going through a little bit of a, a personal change too, separation, relationship changes, um, stuff like that. And it kind of gave me opportunity to, to refocus on myself and the opportunity I had. So I started traveling and training, getting prepared for the open. Uh, the guys at Cornell were like, you can make 63 kilos, like you're close, like commit to it. You got it. You'll be big. So I, I played the long run and I made it down, um, was able to take fourth at the open and then top six finish at the trials was uh, one, two and two. So had four matches, awesome experience, especially for being new to it. Um, but after that, I was like, man, I got two more years domestically. I want to get as much knowledge as I can to give back, bring it back to PA, maybe join with Young Guns or Pitbull or something like that, be an add-on coach. Um, so I was considering that and then um, got a call from a buddy from D2 from Kutztown, Jeff Rimmel. And Jeff was a two-time All-American at Kutztown, uh, 84, 97-pounder. So he's a bigger guy. We never competed. But he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm coaching out in Cali. I know you're still competing and training, coaching at JUCO. Would you be you know, open to coming and visiting? We're an NAIA team. We're starting a new developmental program. And I was like, oh, interesting, interesting. And they flew me out in June for a little visit. I ran a few practices and got the whole scoop on what they were building. So Coach Martinez, Joey Martinez, has now built a roster where he's able to create two teams. So I'm a head coach of a developmental team where our guys are competing first matches tomorrow, actually. So it's the eve before the first duel, so I'm excited for that. Nice, man. And then we compete to December, and that's like their season. If they're at the point where they're developed and ready to be the guy in the back half, they'll wrestle with that group. If not... We're going to likely just start Greco freestyle transition with the guys that are U20, start preparing them a little bit more. Very cool. So you're a part of the whole system. Um, I like it. I've never really heard that way. I think I, actually, I think I talked to Tyler Smith. He was doing something similar down in Army, I believe. Um, yeah. Very yeah. cool, man. Yeah. So Menlo College, they reached out. They gave me that opportunity and they'd let me know, you know, we're right next to Stanford. We're a mile and a half. Um, they have Cali RTC. At that point, um, Vincenzo was there. I'd grown up in, in pit bulls and young guns with Chenzo and a little bit older. So I've just watched that dude kill people since he was seven years Mark, old, eight man. years old. Yeah. And I was like, man, hey, Chenzo, I'm coming to visit. Could I chat with you? I'd like to talk to Coach Cole, see what's going on. And I actually met Coach Cole uh, the year before at Fargo with Chenzo. So I had a semi-relationship with him, but I wasn't recruited by him and mm. anything like that. So we weren't really close. And I basically let him know that I had an opportunity to coach. I was still looking to train and asked if I could be a part of Cali RTC if I got out there. And he was open arms and welcoming and um, very receptive, which made me feel comfortable, too, because, um, you know, he's, he's running an amazing thing. They saved Stanford wrestling. He's the guy. Coach Ahad's here. I actually have a Greco coach now. Like, that's been the other thing. I've been kind of just doing it off of what I can get here and there. I haven't mm-hmm. really been in a full system yet. That being said, too, though, quick shout out to Kyle Martin. I was going to talk about Kyle Martin, the man. Yeah, Kyle Martin, him and Brian Tucker have given me some amazing opportunities. I got to chalk Coach Martinez, Joey Martinez up there, too. He's 
giving me an awesome opportunity out here as well. But Kyle Martin is amazing for the sport. PA, the Whippeal, USA, just great guy. Uh, I really appreciate what he's done for me. Took me under the wing, took me many places, got me Olympic Training Center. You know, he was, he was there for me at the Open. So, Yeah, Kyle's the man, no doubt about it. Norwood legend. Um, yep. <laughs> so you're out there in Cali, man. Uh, what is – so the, the game plan is to just keep grinding and try to make the team in 2024? Yeah, yep. So the thing is, sky's the limit. Um, you know, I have I have goals that anything's possible. I understand that some people might say, hey, you didn't do Greco your whole life or your trajectory's off, but any given match, right, anything can happen at any point. Maybe there's something I don't know you can do yet that I'm really good at or a way to stop something or any match. I mean, I, Sammy Jones was in the world championship two days ago and I got to wrestle him a few months ago. That's yep. just, it, it's, it's extreme to think about that that opportunity was there. So I'm out in Cali. I'm rebuilding the whole system with Coach Ahad. He's got a game plan for me. I'm, I'm at the basics. I'm not learning all the fancy cool throws yet, um, but I'm, I'm getting the, the basics in. And I'm able to work out with Gabe Townsell. Um, and there's a few other Greco guys here. Actually, there's a few Russians in the area, too. So got right. beat up by a former former cadet champ a little bit the other day, which was sweet. And, th- again, those are experiences that I don't necessarily have opportunity for in Greensburg or Latrobe, yeah. where I'm traveling more. So now these are coming two miles away or can just kind of get into an awesome workout. So my game plan, I'm going to uh, compete in the Bill Farrell. It's going to fly back east for that compete in new york uh november 18th and then kind of make the game plan from there see what's getting better what's back to the drawing board and hopefully some improvement i love it man either way we're cheering for you here out here in the whip man whip boy yeah. doing big things for sure um let's run into our quick hitting questions uh yep. we kind of run through it uh, I will say, just so you know, because uh, most guys seem surprised, but I will ask you what your most memorable pin that you've ever had is. That's the last question for the night, so think on that uh-huh. one. All right. <laughs> but uh, let's start off with an easy one. At least easy it's for me, man, because I'm a bigger guy. But what's your favorite meal or food you love to eat when you're done cutting away to your awful program? Uh, so I'm going to have to trump card anything my mom cooks post-meal. Yeah. Um, we used to, so they're big positive reinforcement people letting you know you're doing good things. You're going to get good things. So you win a tournament or something growing up and you got that time to celebrate plate and the home cooked meal Very outside cool. of that one that everybody in the public has an opportunity to go and grab cause they might not all come over to mom's house. Um, Dino's for sure. Sweet and hot. Is that good? Yes. Every time. And then that was also a culture and condition where you're going there, you're having the, the laughs with your friends after the battles you know, you're going to have the weight cuts the next day. <laughs> so yeah. that's the go-to. I love it. Dino's. All right. That's, I'm gonna at, check that's it out. at home though. Yeah. Yeah. That's at home. <laughs> yeah, man. I, that's no, I'm going to have to check it out now. I mean, Definitely. that's like the third or, first, third or fourth person that's told me about it. Well, I'll be home in November for a little bit of Thanksgiving. Then I think I have like a full month in December, a little bit of recruiting and training out here. So we'll go for sure. Oh, dude, I'm down for sure. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> All right, favorite non-wrestling sport? Favorite non-wrestling sport? Yes, sir. I enjoy all Pittsburgh sports. So if I'm watching anything where the Berg's competing, I do like hockey because of the nonstop action. 
So I probably would go with hockey outside of wrestling. Burke, man, my man. That's what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. <laughs> yes, that Steeler game was uh, not faint on the heart yesterday, was it? No. And I, I watched the first half uh, with my roommate, just, you know, watching the game. And I'm like, I'm going to go grab a burger and watch the second half. And there's no, like, Steelers bar or restaurant out here. Just right. kind of sitting alone. And then some people came in and kind of jinxed me. Steelers are about to ice it. And then Bengals came back. And I was, was getting wild, really worried. Man. But, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully TJ's healthy and can make it through and nausea and everything. Yeah. But so much stuff to go. But yeah, no doubt. It was definitely fun to watch. Uh toughest practice partner you've ever had. Toughest practice partner. At um, the end of it, I gotta go with Jimmy Gulliban. Jimmy oh, has always been a, a battery. I mean, you wrestle him from eight years old on, he's high paced, especially if his dad's in the room. If Big Jim was watching, Jimmy was in extra gear the whole time so that would be a tough one yep oh man jimmy go i mean how could you argue that one great call there no and that that was all pace though that's not even because like he just beat you up and you couldn't stand right. up it was just his pace was amazing but there are some uh awesome groups of three with me jimmy and chase back in the day that was that was my group that really helped me peak when i was younger too mm. very so, cool yeah um okay biggest uh influence on your wrestling career Definitely uh, my dad and my brother. Um, growing up, being a younger brother, you have the opportunity to see everything happen before it does. You know, you can visualize, you can hope for things, you can see things go good or things go bad. Um, so they kind of always kept me level and kept me in check with it and understand the, the journey of it. Coaching-wise, though, Sonny Abe and Greg Jones, when I was a little kid, they, they really made me, you know, fall in love with the, the being smooth greg jones moves like water um i was a big influence i loved his neutral style and just loved learning from sunny very cool um okay let's see what is the last one i have here oh here we go favorite wrestling movie oh man jeez well i'm wasn't really a fan of Foxcatcher, even though they filmed some of that my freshman year at pitt um, yeah. Some of my, my teammates were in the background of it. Uh, I, is there anything else other than Vision Quest, really? I mean, there's Vision Quest. There's I guess it's pretty much his Vision Quest. I, think I feel I, like any of the flow films, though, like the JB one. Yeah, um, man. We could talk about those. I love all of those. Yeah, I love what Flo is doing as well. Um, I support all the wrestling media uh, outlets. I love what all those guys are doing, so... I yes, think the mini docs are the best. Actually, I, I will say uh, one that really hit home too was the, the most recent Chance Marsteller one. Grew up on yeah. teams with Chance. I've got to watch him from an older angle and teammate and fan, and I love it. Love what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's like come full circle now, man. He's like full go. I'm just, I'm another one. Big, big fan of Chance. See what he's going to yeah. do. I think uh, I remember watching when he was at like his peak of his powers, and I'm like, I don't think there's anyone could stop this dude. He was something different. Yep. And I mean, he's back. He, he beat Jordan Burroughs in a match. I know. Uh, it's it's <laughs> insane. And I, I mean, give him one more year, give him two more years. I, I yeah. think it's also really cool to think that Jordan Burroughs has been a legend since I was in high school and those guys were still in junior high, him and Chenzo, Chance and Chenzo were still junior high freshman high school when Burroughs is winning yeah. world and Olympic titles and, 
you know, now they're the guys going for it. So it's wildness. Uh, yep. All right, man. The hammer question, favorite near forward pin you've ever been a part of as a wrestler <laughs> or as a coach. All right. So favorite one as a wrestler has to go back to 2008 uh, PJW youth state finals. I was wrestling Matt Samato. Um, quick shout out to Matt. Good friend. Now um, <laughs> he, I took a lefty sweep, which wasn't even one of my shots then. I don't know how I kind of got in on his leg adrenaline. He like wizard and I kind of did what you're not supposed to do. Usually you stay on the leg and circle. I took my arms up top and I cranked him down on his shoulders. Just a made up move. And he went under and uh, <laughs> I pinned him in the first and I stood up shocked. Like I didn't want the state tournament before ever since watching Chase and Nate compete there. Like that was my goal. It was my last chance to do it. Um, I told my mom too in the hotel, I'm like, it might be crazy, but either I'm pinning him or he might pin me. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so after that, I was, I was real fired up. And then uh, we had a few battles after that. He beat me the next time we wrestled at a dual tournament, but my team won. So a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were actually Fargo roommates that year after. And we, we built a uh, friendship and relationship of respect for each other too. It was, it was cool. Um, but he does have our last win. Uh, he beat me in, 2016 in a freestyle match so that one's still you have them all archived in your head don't you i do those those ones you don't forget especially those <laughs> friends that can always run it back and talk smack but <laughs> i will say my most exciting pin though as a coach uh this past season coaching junior college one of our guys was down down big in the third period and, and didn't stop wrestling and i, I was he was locked in. When I'm coaching, he was listening. He'd make eye contact between periods. He wanted to be in the fight. And he took over the maybe fourth-ranked guy in the country um, and pinned him right in the very end of the match, almost out of bounds, in a team duel. And it was electric. He stood up, and, and that was the first, like, real time as a coach. I felt somebody, like, look, like, make that eye contact, and you were on the same wave, the same soul-touching, like, let's go. We did it. So, very cool, man. Yeah, what, that what an special. answer. I love it. Good stuff, dude. All right. Anyone else you want to shout out before we leave you go? Well, first, you, the Whippeal, Near Falls with D-Hall. That's My the man best, man. I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing for the sport. I wish I was, you know, good with technology and, and staying on top of things. No, dude, guys... I kind of make it up <laughs> as I go. <laughs> well, you're doing awesome. I've been a fan since you started. Uh, big shout out to Aaron McKinney, too. I know that's your boy. I did uh, get to catch up with him at NHSCA Dole's. He was a former pit bull back in the day. Yes, sir. Um, all the club coaches, everybody who's helped me, appreciate it, trying to pay it forward. Cadet freestyle team in four years. Four years oh, we'll be back for PA. I love it, man. What a call. Yeah. He said, not going to be long. I'm going to be back yeah. bringing new ideas. I, I know, and I'm not going to say we're not winning it these next few years, but I'm more confident because I've been working with more 10 you guys right now than – 12 to 14 so i love it ty it's not a yeah. it's not a matter if it's a matter of when exactly exactly oh, also real quick shout out to my little guy luca giacobi i don't know if he's gonna be listening to this probably not but that's the name to remember luca g okay, okay. Yep. luca g i like it yep. we have so much more to talk about dude i'm gonna be texting you like non-stop throughout the season talking about all these dudes yeah uh so excited and uh we got to get some dino's wings man Absolutely. When I'm home, I got you on that. I got you on a Menlo t-shirt, maybe some Cali RTC gear when we get that uh, in. You're, 
Don't be spoiling yeah. me. That's not yeah. the position you want to be in because then I got to pay it back. And that's, exactly. that's good for you, dude. <laughs> exactly. We'll all be repping it. And then uh, one it, more shout out to, to Menlo Wrestling. Um, tomorrow, developmental team's first match. We're coming for the uh, NAIA championship at the end. So Grandview and us, life, let's it's going to be it's gonna be a brawl. Uh, let's go, man. I'm in, I'm in for it. I'm in for it, man. NAIA, uh, it's going to be some good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on, Ty. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to have you on again at some point. And then, uh, once I get the YouTube channel up and running, I'm going to have you on and just kind of bullshit a little bit and maybe show some moves, go out to a practice, whatever, man. No doubt. Anytime you want to chat, I'm here for it. Let's keep growing the sport. Also hail to the Whippeal. Hail to the Whippeal, my yeah. man. Appreciate you, Ty. Have a good one. No brother. Doubt. Yeah. Have a good night.